Welcome back to another episode of The Scorer's Table. I'm William Robbins, joined as always by Julian McKee. What is good, everybody? Scores Hive, man. It's been, it's been a minute. It's been a few weeks, but you know what? The NBA is back. It yeah. we're back. We yeah, are apologies back. We for are that. Back. <laughs> I, cannot be, I cannot be more hype. We, we came back at the right time where we got to give the people what they want, in the words of Jalen Rose. Yeah, this the the NBA is certainly back. It's been fun. It's you know, Julian, I really like turning on my TV at noon and just having basketball play all day. It's like the first week of March Madness, honestly. Yeah. No, this is fun. Uh-huh. This is yep. fun. So something to, something to get our minds off bad AC and just the rest yeah. of the world. You know, it's a, look at oh, fucking yeah. sculpted shirtless in my room with the fan on me right now. <laughs> yeah. I'm sitting in my apartment right now. My air conditioning broke. I'm like, great. this is love having a broken air conditioning in August. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's man. only a year old. Shit. Well, it depends though. Did you just get, is it new? Is it a year old? New yeah, or I got it brand like... new. It's only a year old. So I called the company today. They're, they're exchanging it for free, but they're like, yeah, it's going to be like a month. Like, cause we have to receive it to then send out a new one. Shit. So, gotta, I don't know. So it's okay. Got one, those, in... got one of those units in the windows, right? Yeah. Oh man. Hit those fucking things. My friend dropped his out the window once almost like, Oh God. Should have. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have a uh, I have I have a higher air conditioner, like the brand higher. Like that's the good brand. That shouldn't be breaking in a year. Man, I don't, I don't know what you've been doing to it. You know, maybe blast that <laughs> shit a little too hard. Maybe too much uh, no, uh, cancer exposure. Uh, oh, no man. idea. Uh, I, I, yeah. <laughs> anyway, anyway, we're gonna talk. We're gonna talk about the NBA, the bubble, what's been going <laughs> <Man>. on. <laughs> oh, don't worry. I'll get to Ennis Cantor later in the in the podcast. So. Wait, my man. So, our show is going to be structured a little bit differently. I have a list of five things I like and five things I don't from what's been going on in the bubble and the games. So we're just going to be going through all of it, going one thing I like, one thing I don't. And we're going to be discussing each one. Sound good? Do the shit. All right. The first thing I like, the number one story of the bubble, and it's not even close. It's T.J. Warren. TJ Warren right now is averaging 40 points a game on 60% shooting. I mean, who knew that it took like Corona to unlock TJ Warren again? And I'm happy, honestly, because after getting just dumped, just flat out, he he got acid donated by James Jones, the (laughs) acid donor himself, to to the Indiana Pacers. And that was a move that all of us, even though TJ Warren's contract isn't like great. I mean, all of us, you know, who I think watch and know basketball and all these, and we're like, what the, this is, this guy can be one of your eight guys. TJ Warren can get buckets. And yeah. that's exactly what the hell he's been doing. And it's interesting, like, watching the Pacers in their last game, this this lineup that they're putting out there, because I think Sabonis was hurt last game, or is he not in the bubble? Sabonis is out the rest of the season. He's out the rest of the season. Oof. But that's, this, this adds a really interesting wrinkle going into next season, because they're playing Warren at the four. And Warren's only like what six seven? About that, yeah. And they got this ultra small weird lineup that's Aaron Holiday and Brogdon together. Yep. Oladipo, who's been kind of, I mean, we didn't. I don't know if I have many like high expectations for Oladipo in the bubble. I mean, I didn't even want him here. Yeah, he I didn't think he was going to play at all. Yeah, I mean, he's kind of served as more of a decoy, if anything, in the first. Uh, in the first few games, but you got those three guards out there, Turner, 
and then and and then Warren and it's this weird small ball team that with this funky not very good but still intriguing bench that they have it's a it's a it's a it's a kind of a formidable team all of a sudden despite yeah. Sabonis obviously I think being their best player yeah I mean they've been they've been a fun team um I mean they're they're three and zero right now in the bubble TJ Warren is just carrying them I I, I mean if you asked me right now like if you had told me in you know what, let's get really crazy. If you had told me in January, hey, TJ Warren would be the MVP of the NBA bubble in August, I would have been very confused. Yes. <laughs> for a I think that reasons. goes for a lot of us, yeah. Um, but no, it's TJ Warren right now is playing as the best player in the NBA. And it's ridiculous to say out loud. I mean But it's true. He's making like we're gonna get to him in a second, but he's making Dame Lillard type shots, just contesting oh, yeah. heat checks deep from three, and it's just it, it, it's less that they're getting him shots. He's just making shit. Yeah, like there's the, nothing else to say. Like in this, in the in the Pacers have have had this weird bench all season. That's like TJ McConnell. They've got some Justin Holiday out there who's Doug you know McDermott. obviously. Very, uh, yeah, yeah, Doug McDermott. They got a little T.J. Leaf, some uh, some Jakar Sampson, just Jeremy Lamb, yeah. Really weird bench. Some little uh, Koga Bitadze, who I liked a little bit in the draft. Like, I mean, it's it's just one of those like weird scrappy teams that just kind of sticks together, and you know, kind of like we saw last year with the with the Pacers, just kind of plays above their talent level. Yeah, yeah, and Nate McMillan's been doing a great job. It's a little Netsian, looking back to last year. Oh, don't worry. We'll get to the Nets. Oh, boy. <laughs> I, I, I don't even know. I'm, I'm interested to get to the Nets because there's I don't, I'm not sure what to talk about. Like, there's – it's just like – it's just kind of – okay, the Nets don't have a D-League roster right now. What they have the, is, is, like, the roster if, like – see, I haven't played NBA 2K in a few years, really. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, the list of free agents when you start the season – Exactly. Like the, yeah. the Nets just got like like seven of those guys. Like the Nets are like, hey, let's take that roster, or let's let's take the top ten guys on that list. Add Karis LeVert and Jared Allen. We're good to go. Yes. Got <laughs> <laughs> some Justin Anderson in there. Like. Oh yeah. Who the fuck no. knows? All right. It's Lots it's incredible. The... It's in, the thing with the Nets is. Sorry, the last thing I'll say about the Nets oh, here. Yeah. It's incredible that this season was basically the worst possible case scenario for them. Like out of anything that could have happened. And yeah, it's like okay, and they still have Durant and Kyrie next year. So who, who, what, what does it even matter? Yeah, yeah, something like that. I mean, it could be, it could be worse. I mean, you know, it, the interesting thing with the Nets is that. Well, no, this I don't, I don't think this season could have gone any worse. I think it, it, it hypothetically could have. It's like I don't know, some other people got hurt or Levert got really hurt again or something. I, I mean, I, yeah, I, I don't I, know. I, if, I guess, but I mean, Ky- Kyrie, Kyrie got hurt. Durant had. Durant never came back. The coach got fired. They signed questionable guys. Well, the questionable guys. I'm gonna defend the questionable guys. It's like who the who the fuck else do you do you want out there? Like, I mean, there's the a lot of guys I would have signed before Michael Beasley. Well, the funny thing is, is that I mean, yeah, fuck my man Lance Stevenson. We gotta bring Sean Kilpatrick <laughs> back from Greece. We gotta bring Chris McCullough back from the Philippines or wherever he is at the moment. Like, I'm I'm all in for that. You already know Will. But the thing is, is that like. I, I am intrigued with this Nets team as far as this this kind of gives them a nice chance to just kind of kick the tires on some of the guys they have going into the future. I mean, 
you know, someone like Zana Musa and Rodion's Kurus are still like, you know, they had they had better years last year than they did this year, especially well, Kurutz Musa's. Is awful. Yeah, Kurutz has struggled for some reason this year, but it gives the Nets to kick the tires on him. You can get um, they're getting some interesting minutes out of Chris Chioza, who had a little burst late in the season. Um, yeah, he's been he's been decent. Oh, and I don't know if this is this is something you like from the Nets, well, but like Timothy Luwawu. <laughs> <laughs> He's been good. But like, the thing is, but the thing is, what, that's why you sign young guys. That's the that's why you sign young guys rather than like Michael Beasley and Jamal Crawford. I'm not mad at Jamal Crawford. You know why? Because uh, why? Nets, you know, this is this is why. Because I'm I am I'm not happy about Michael Beasley or like Justin Anderson or you know, I mean Tyler Johnson, I guess. He's a, he's an NBA player, get him. But like the thing with Crawford is the the Nets this year, I feel like Despite having someone like uh, Garrett Temple or Lance Thomas, you can never have, especially when Kyrie is on your franchise, like you can never have enough high character guys in the locker room. Nobody has been, there's few NBA players that clearly because of the press he gets on the regular basis that are just beloved by I mean, I mean, that's, teammates in press. That's fine, Stalkoff, but then like sign them all year. I mean, I don't really think so. I mean, it's not, I mean, it wasn't really worth signing all year, like. Now that they don't really have any keep getting them checks guys anymore, and they really they finally figure that out. Like I'm not, I I think that I, I I'm not mad at it if you're the Nets. Right. Like might as well just. All right. I just don't know what what you exactly have to lose in that situation. But I will say one last thing about Timothy Luwawu because I look back and this I actually don't think this is a fluke because he actually was like getting pretty good at the end of the the regular regular season. Even yep. though he was like, it was literally like score 15 points one game, two the next game, 13 points, one. But um, but like, say what you want about the Nets, will and 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 my man Sean Marks, despite his one bad offseason to, to start his to start his term, the Nets can provide like career resuscitation to like to, oh, to, to look at some of the guys that they've picked up and really kind of give it just a second burst in their careers. It's pretty incredible, like. Like I'm like Luwawu, talk about it's it's pretty funny looking back in uh, looking back at I think it was I think this is still Sam Hinkie's tenure as far as the the Sixers GM and some of the guys that they could have kept and I mean you got Fultz you got Luwawu you got uh-huh. Rashawn Holmes you got Christian Wood it's not it's not that's not a bad bench not too bad right now no no all right so <laughs> so I don't want to spend too much time talking enough about the Nets, Nets talk but... that was too much Nets talk. All right, so so we said one thing I like. That's T.J. Warren. Mm-hmm. One thing I dislike because we were just kind of talking about the Nets, so it's already been on a little bit of a more somber tone. Somber tone, anyway. I'm gonna choose a, a less serious thing I dislike: the mm-hmm. editing on the court and the uh, and the virtual fans. Uh, interesting, interesting. I'm not you- I'm not a fan of the virtual fans. And have you noticed? So this is something that I noticed when I was watching uh, one of the games with my girlfriend. The advertisements on the court aren't real; like they're all they're all digital. Really? And the only reason you way you notice that is it only happens with white players. So I've only noticed it when it's like Gallinari, Alex Caruso, Stephen Adams, like, like those kind of guys running through those advertisements. They glitch through their jerseys <laughs> and their body. <laughs> Wow. So like, 
so like there was like a like a second like where where JJ Reddick was standing on one of the advertisements and he just had like a giant like Geico logo on his body. What happens when the what happens when the Pacers have their McConnell McDermott TJ Leaf lineup out there? It's just <laughs> it, well, the advertisement explodes. <laughs> So, so that, it was a less serious thing, but but in all seriousness, I don't. I'm not really a fan of the uh, of the virtual fans. What do you think? Yeah, the virtual fans are just kind of corny. But like, I mean, I'm not really mad at it. I'm not. I I kind of do like that there is just some like backgrounds to to the court in general. Like it's, I think oh, yeah. it's I think it's dumb, but it's it, it it does give the feeling that it's not. You're not just looking kind of at like a like a gym and you're just kind of like a fly on the wall, which though I like that idea, if there's not more like behind the scenes type cuts and like maybe in the huddle or mic'd up type stuff, I think it's kind of pointless to try to give like the fans, like the fly on the wall stuff. So you might as well like try to give the, you know, really give the impression that obviously other people are tuned in. So I'm not mad at the virtual fans. Like I could okay. live without it, obviously, but like, that's cool. no, that's fair. That's totally yeah. fair. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that, that was it for that dislike. The next thing I, I like, <laughs> The next thing I like, Gary Trent Jr. Oh man, he has been fantastic. So in so in Gary Trent Jr.'s three games, this is what these are how many points he scored: 17, 21, 16. In those games, he has shot four for five from three, seven of eleven, four for nine. He is exactly what the Blazers need. Gary Trent's getting paid this summer. I don't know what his contract is. Well, I don't he's know. only in his second year. I mean, wh- wh- how many years is it? So he's got two more years. This sounds like a four-year deal? Well, he was a rookie. Oh, he has a full rookie contract? Yeah. But he's like, oh. He's only a second-year wow. player. Oh, really? I thought he was just like some undrafted free agent they picked up or whatever. No. Oh, wow. I mean, because I obviously knew his name like last year, but I didn't know he was like actual drafting. Wow. But like, damn. Like, they... I, the weird thing about the Blazers is that that Blazers-Celtics game on the weekend was one of the more bizarre and just absolutely bonkers games I've seen in a while where Dame, CJ, and Trent just went just, – just lost their minds in the second half. And Dame and CJ have been uh, carried and, – and they all honestly carried that into the game after that. And the weird – the concerning thing, though, with the Blazers is for me that – the, a lot of these shots they're taking aren't necessarily good shots. They're just making them. Like, I do think that it's just kind of a – right now it's just kind of a crazy situation where there's just all heat checks at the same time. Like, I do need yeah. to see this sustain a little bit more because Dame is just making these fadeaway contested threes and just like – Oh, yeah. It, it just, just making nuts shots. And I like how in, – in McCollum's been, been doing better as far as like getting to the rim and stuff like that and – I mean, watching the last game against Houston, I was I was rooting for him. Like, yeah, fucking throw the ball into Nurkic. Like, they, they got some really beautiful lob passes into him close to the basket. It was just an easy two points a few times. Well, yeah, they, well, just, they just yeah, yeah, they just didn't need him. Well, you well like, you just mentioned you just mentioned Nurkic. He's he's another he's another player that I, that's been really good on the Blazers. Uh-huh. He has been. And he he, has he been. just narrowly missed my cut of top five things I like. And the problem with the Blazers is that. Okay, Zach Collins is not a problem because he's a great defender. Long arms, defend multiple positions. Yep. I really like Zach Collins. I know you love him. I really I like love him. Zach Collins. But, and I, I get that he and Lurkic can play together, and it's not like a big traffic jam. But, 
I just don't think that putting just telling Zach Collins to stand at the three point line on offense is just like a justifiable decision. However, I can't blame that decision because the the the, the, the Blazers prospects at the four are so dire that that's why they signed Carmelo. They took a flyer on Carmelo in the first so, place. So, so, okay, so, I'm, so I'm, I'm glad you just mentioned Carmelo because mm-hmm. I need I need to do a, I need to do like a two minute Carmelo rant. Oh, perfect. I stand by everything I said about Carmelo Anthony before he got signed and when the Blazers just signed him. Mm-hmm. He and 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 to a large extent, I was right about most things I said. I was wrong in that I thought that he couldn't contribute anything anymore because I looked at how he'd played for the last two years and I was thoroughly unimpressed. Mm-hmm. That being said, he's been very good for the Blazers. But mm-hmm. he hasn't changed his game at all. Mm-hmm. He so for all this talk about how Carmelo is was was going to change his game when he when he came into the uh, when he when he if he got another chance and he, and he learned his lesson and he, and he wanted he's still basically leading the NBA in mid range attempts. He's mm-hmm. he's he's not passing the ball like he had he had 17 points the other night but not a single assist. So he hasn't changed. The shots are just going in, and the difference is those shots weren't going in in OKC in Houston. Mm-hmm. So they're so they're going in now, but he hasn't changed at all. And there's this, and now there's this whole like Carmelo Anthony renaissance of of, of he, he's he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Like you all better put like respect on his name. It's like no one was arguing that he was a Hall of Famer. Like well, it. it it's it's like it's like saying yeah I don't think I don't think uh, Patrick Ewing would be very good today. What well, what do you mean he's a Hall of Famer? Yeah, but he's like 55. You know, like I I remember like there was some I saw some uh, mellow for mellow for first ballot Hall of Famer posts and I remember I sent it to you Will today. I'm gonna read the the one of the top comments uh, by <laughs> someone named Nate Byrne, uh, best ISO scorer in the game. I texted you. Uh, uh, yeah, that's the problem. Like, <laughs> like, no, like, yes, like, yeah. yes, Melo is a great ISO scorer, but I actually, I completely agree with you on all the stuff you just said. Like, I, I, I stand by, I was, I think, if I remember right, I was with you, but like, I don't know, a little less with you, I think, on, on the Carmelo stuff. Like, I do think, I, I think that the thing with Carmelo, people need to realize is that it was really just a perfect storm of events, I think, with the Blazers. And that's not taking anything away from him, obviously. I fuck with Melo, but as far as them just needing just just a body that can serve is whether yeah. he can he can put up 20 a night if he wants to even though the efficiency might not be great but he's he's a, he serves as a as I feel bad calling Carmelo a decoy on offense but you have to worry about him if you're on the other team you at least have to say okay Melo's over here we got to watch out for him cuz he is in, yeah. in this in this NBA Hall of Fame not in ours in this Hall, NBA Hall of Fame he is a Hall of Famer absolutely now he he shouldn't be in like if we in the real Hall of Fame that we have. He isn't. He was an honorable mention, as I said on my Instagram story. But like he's still people need to you you no matter what you are doing as a defense, you have to respect Melo. Oh yeah. Obviously, and that yeah. and that and that and that helps him out. Even though he's still obviously on defense, he's a liability, and it's yeah. I I completely agree with what you said. Yeah. Okay, let's let's get into the next thing I don't like. It's a lot of Mario Hazonia on the Blazers. Yeah, a lot. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, next thing I don't like: the Celtics' depth 
is oh. really bad. Interesting. It's really bad. And so the Celtics so far in the bubble are they're one and two. At, at the time we're recording this, it's halftime of the uh, Lakers Thunder game. The Celtics play later, so they might be two and two later. They might be one and three. Who knows with the way they're playing? They've got a serious depth problem. And this is something that 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 we we've known about all season. It's it's not a secret that they don't have a lot of great bench players. That being said, the 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 feeling was once you get to the playoffs, it's not going to matter as much. Mm-hmm. But with Kemba Walker on a minutes restriction, he can only play about 22 minutes a game right now. And on top of that, the officiating, which I'll get to, well, which I'll get to later, which is Marcus Smart fouling out in 13 minutes. <laughs> That's nuts. Is, is just it's it's a problem, and they've been forced to play Brad Wanamaker a lot, who you like and I don't. So we can debate I don't, him. I, I, want, don't, I don't like Wanamaker, but I think he's a, he's a capable backup point guard, and and, and can be he he's, he can be in our NBA rotation. He can make some threes. Don't have to you know he's he plays hard, hustles, he can be a leader. I I don't oh. have. So Brad Watermaker has has some stats that that back him up. He's he's the best he's the best free throw shooter in the NBA, percentage wise. Um, I believe he also leads the NBA on like catch and shoot three point percentage. Uh-huh. Uh, I believe, or he's like top five or something. Wh- whatever it is, it's it's high. But Brad Watermaker makes some of the most, just like. Nothing screams Brad Wanamaker more than, oh my god, the Celtics are on an 8-0 run. Brad Wanamaker thinks it's Brad Wanamaker time. <laughs> and will just go die and just go head first into the paint and, and either Ooh. throw the ball off the bottom of the rim or throw it out of bounds. Just <laughs> something. He he has he has no flow to his game. And this isn't just about Brad Wanamaker, it's also about the fact that Cantor and Smart are really the only capable backups i mean grant williams is hit or miss great defender but questionable offense romeo lankford is like afraid to shoot semi ogele is just awful (laughs) um it's just they have a major depth issue in order for them to make a run in the playoffs which i think i don't think anyone would be surprised if the celtics made a run in the playoffs they need to get literally anything from their bench you can't survive in a game with your bench giving you like four total points i thought you liked semi 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 is a great defender, but he is maybe the worst offensive player I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> he has no ability to create off the dribble. He can't hit. He's not a good three-point shooter. He's not a good interior player. And uh, he, he, he can't pass. He can't. He's not even a good screener. He's just, he's there. You're basically playing four on five. You know, he shot 36% from three in the regular season. It's not too bad. That's great. And last game, he shot one of five from the, th- from the three-point line. <laughs> He's cold, you know. Got a little too much uh, bicep workout yeah. in you know, before the game. Yeah, exactly. All right, so ne- next thing I like. Let me say, let me say one oh, thing yeah, about sorry, the Celtics sorry, yeah. real quick. Uh, two observations about the Celtics. First of all, I mean, obviously Tatum, Tatum's been a bit hit or miss so far. Yep. Um, but I will say two. Sure. Two things, like, what, what do you say about Jalen real quick? He's in the cut, uh, I, oh, audio cut out. Oh, uh, Jalen's probably been their best player so far. Jalen's been a little – Jalen's efficiency was down last game, but I, honestly, the way he's playing, I feel like he's tired of disrespect if someone pissed him off. Like, like 
aggressive getting to the rim. He's got like Jalen has like just like kind of an extra like fuck you in his game. Like I feel yep. like in the bubble that he's coming with, which is great to see. I mean, he was obviously playing his just is losing his mind also as as well as Tatum was on the against the Blazers and also like uh Gordon Hayward. I really liked what I saw from him last game and he's yeah, he's been great all over, aggressive, uh making some oh, yeah. shots Hayward, for them. Hayward is the most disrespected player in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And the it's Celtics not even have, close. The Celtics have like that. They have that six players. Oh, they indeed. have that six player core. They just need they just need the rest of the guys to How get enough they, production to to constitute for to make up to come together and make up a seventh and eighth man. Yeah, I mean they have. I mean if if you include Cantor, they kind of have a seventh man. Yeah. But playoff playoff Cantor. It's a yeah. Thing. And yeah, and and I, and I think that I mean Daniel Tice has been really good this year, but there's only he, you're only getting so far with Daniel Tice. Yes, that is. And and, and I'd ra- I'd rather have Daniel Tice for 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 all the idiots that are like, what if we trade Hayward for Andre Drummond? Like I don't, I don't like do I even need to address that? But <laughs> like there are very few players in the NBA I'd rather have at my center than Daniel Tice for five million dollars. The funny thing is, is that. I'm pretty sure if we rewound to March, Ed Stefanski would give away Andre Drummond for like a uh, semi ogile That's great. I wish we I wish we would have taken that uh that I wish we hadn't done that and instead traded for Christian Wood, who I've always liked. We've all we both of us have always liked Christian both Wood. Both of us have always liked Rashad Holmes and Christian Wood. <laughs> yes. Sixers Sixers D leaguers. Oh my God. All right. A few other Sixers guys I liked. Uh, Nick Stauskas. Oh, Nick Stauskas. He should he should be better. Nick Stauskas, Nick Stauskas should be in the there. NBA. Anyway, oh, yeah. anyway. All right. Next, next. So we so we've done uh we've done three things of each I believe. No, sorry, two things of each that I like. The next thing that I like, Toronto. They yeah. right now are my pick to come out of the East. Ooh. I think that they I think that they are the single best coach team I've ever seen in my life. Wow. They are they are incredible. Like the way they operate, they are such a deep team. I mean, Van, Van Vliet is doing it all. I mean, he's he's probably an all defensive second guy, second team guy this year. He's he's scoring, he's great efficiency. Lowry is Lowry, Siakam is great. OG Ananobi was drafted after Lonzo and so on. <laughs> Yeah, I I don't have you know the the Raptors are almost kind of at this point just like a boring team because their their cores stay together, and it's you know despite Terrence Davis being like a crazy conspiracy theorist or whatever I lost oh, a lot yeah. of stock in him this week. Um, you know this is this is just a like you said it's a really deep team and I'm I, I'm so impressed by Van Vliet who is someone I really like coming out of college and his his defense is like you said really started to catch up to his offensive game because obviously he's a heat check guy in offense yeah and you know it's 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 he's becoming such a better all-around player and you know you gotta you gotta tip your hat to him and yeah i mean he's, Lowry, he's, he's Lowry gonna, is gonna get a max do, contract uh-huh Lowry is gonna deserves it. yeah i agree you know Lowry's doing what he what he does he's still he's gonna come in there every night he's gonna give you the same shit and and, and on some nights against teams like the Lakers, who just hemorrhage points to guards, he'll just put up 40 real quick. And, yeah. you know, and Gasol is – Gasol is uh, – I, I don't love this version of him, but he's kind of got 
don't know. Do you think? Do you think he has another year of him left as a, as a starting center? As a starting center, I'm not sure. I don't think um, so. Sorry. But I think that's it. Mm-hmm. But as just a capable NBA player, yeah. Definitely. He has, I mean, he has the intelligence. He has the yeah. he has the intelligence to, to last. The thing the thing that I love about Toronto, and, and let me just say this. I was dead wrong on Toronto in our season preview. I think we both were. Yeah, we probably both were. I don't um, even remember. Because I remember I remember I said uh I remember I said best case scenario for the Raptors is that they blow it up. Oh and I was very wrong. <laughs> I don't even remember what I said. I probably agreed, honestly. Shit. <laughs> But what I love about Toronto is you if you you want to play big, great. They can throw throw out Lowry, Ananobi, Siakam, Ibaka, and Gasol all at the same time. You want to play small? Throw throw Siakam at the center and or, or, or Rondé Hollis Jefferson even at the center and surround him with shooters. Like there there's so many different ways they can play and they they work together. They have great ball movement, great defensive team. Nick Nurse is hands down the best coach in the NBA, and it's not even close. Uh, 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 who, who I'm not ready to a... go there yet. I'm not ready to go there yet. That's a big that's a big statement. I'm who not ready to go him? there yet, personally. I don't know what my best coach in the NBA rankings are at the very moment. I know that he's in the top five, I think. But he's Top not five. number one. He's not number one. I'm not. He's got one year in the NBA, and he won a championship. He's got one year in the NBA. It's like marrying someone after like a few months. I mean, he won a championship. They're the probably the best team in the East right now. Or sorry, second best team in the East right now. Obviously, um, I just he's he's really good. There there to me is no close second. The only person that I would consider close is probably Budenholzer. Budenholzer hasn't even won a championship yet, so I'm I'm going to yeah, show up. Yeah, but his teams are almost always the number one seed. Yeah, and they never make it out of the playoffs. Not saying yeah. that's his fault, but it's still something that has to be considered. Of course, of course. I'm just talking about right this second. So obviously, right this second. So Kerr, doesn't, so Kerr doesn't matter right now. He's not in the. No, no, Kerr. Tech. No, Kerr's, Kerr's not even in the bubble. Oh, oh, so you mean you said in the bubble? You mean in the bubble? No, I mean, I just mean, like, best coaches, like, based on, like, how good they are right this second. How good they are right this second? I mean, uh, I don't know. I love a lot of – uh, I'm still really impressed by the Heat. I love what I mean, Spolster's yeah. done with Spolster's that team. Spolster's been great, too. He, he, been... He'd be my number three. So is it, so Budenholzer – so it's uh, Spolster, what, then Carlisle and Stevens? Or? No, no. My, my top list right now would go – uh, Nurse, Bud, Spolstra, Billy Donovan, and then probably Billy either Don- what? Billy Donovan. Yeah. I like. I mean, Donovan's done a, done a very good job this year. I'm not putting him top five. So let's. I mean, he, I mean, Billy Donovan just won. Uh, just won co co coach of the year. He did. Yeah. The well, at least the. Uh, all NBA coaches voted on Coach of the Year, and he finished tied for first with Spolstra. Or sorry, with uh, with, with Bud. Good for him. With Bud. I mean, yeah, I know still... I, I didn't know that award even existed. I don't even know. Yeah. Um. But anyway, anyway, that's that's a lot on Toronto. But I really like them. I think that they're gonna win the East right now. I'm really impressed by them. Um. And and yeah, what a 
what seriously Kyle Lowry has gone now from like uh what like just like a playoff choker to probably a surefire Hall of Famer at this point. <laughs> Honestly, it's been an incredible transformation for him since getting since him and Demar just got their asses handed yeah. to him by LeBron. And I I mean <laughs> Yeah, and, 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 and he earned that championship. He was great in the finals. Yeah, you know, after Especially you know, in, in the last game. Despite such an up and down playoff record too, you know, and and there was, you know, certain players like you know Danny Green on Toronto that had some struggles in the playoffs, and you know, and, and Lowry ste- he stepped up, he stepped yeah. up. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, I mean they've, yeah, he's been he's been great. All right, one small week, oh, yeah. I think for for Toronto, it's like, I just don't like have any Norman Powell stock. Like well, Norman Powell's it- can be really good at points, but like it's still a lot of Norman Powell out there. I mean, but they, they don't they don't need anything from him. I mean, no, but then why do you have him out there if you don't need him need anything from him? I guess they don't have anyone else. But I mean, so so far in the bubble, he's played. Uh, where is it? He's played two games, twenty four minutes, twenty nine minutes. hasn't been hasn't been great in either. But I don't know. I mean, they've they've been they've been winning by a lot, so it doesn't even really matter. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Let's go on to the he, next one. All right. So no more, no more on Toronto. That was a lot. Toronto, all right. Toronto. Toronto is something I like. Let's go to something I don't. That's the Lakers depth. Mm, I, I I really don't like this this Lakers team. I I picked so a, uh, a little while ago. I said that they are probably my team to win the finals. Um, that was before Avery Bradley dropped out. That was before Rondo got hurt. And it's and those were already fringe guys anyway that I was iffy on, but now it's a lot of Markeith Morris, it's a lot of J.R. Smith and Dion Waiters and a lot of JaVale McGee and I, I just you take LeBron off this roster, are they even a top eight seed in the West? The funny thing with the Lakers, I was just saying like, uh. You know, there's there's a few players I don't trust in big games, and then I was I just realized that the same players I wouldn't trust in big games would be like I don't know to like I wouldn't trust with with a <laughs> with, with a, I don't know with keeping my dog safe. I don't know. Like, right, I just don't. Yeah. I just don't. <laughs> that was a bad. That might have been a bad metaphor, but like I just don't trust these a lot of these Lakers guys out there, and you know. Yeah. Alex Caruso really gives his all. Like he, yeah. he really he tried against Donovan Mitchell last night, but it uh, it it just he just got lit up. He got yeah. lit up. And yeah, I, I liked, mean, the funny thing about the Lakers is that I really like some of the stuff I've seen from them, ball movement wise. They have these possessions with KCP sometimes and waiters sometimes, where the ball's moving. Yeah, getting some just just really nice passing, some quick rhythm, and then like just something weird happens. And then like, I don't know, waiters takes a contested three with like seven seconds left in the shot clock and just dribbles up to take a contested three. Like what, like what are we doing here? Like it's it's just like weird stuff like that, that happens. And which just kind of feels like it invalidates some of the good stuff. And Kuzma's had a few moments and he's had some rough moments too. So, so I'm I'm, I'm glad you just mentioned Kuzma. (laughs) You're always glad I just mentioned Kuzma. (laughs) So this this is going to be the first nice thing I've ever said about Kyle Kuzma. Oh wow! I am officially ready to put him on the almost list of guys drafted after Lonzo. Oh wow! 
I have been very impressed by Kuzma defensively. Oh yeah, he's he's very good defensively now. Yeah, he's, he's I mean he's improving. Like he wasn't like he he had some moments in the season, but I wasn't like yeah, I mean he's I wasn't completely ready to put him on the list of like quite good defenders, and he's 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 proven it. He's proven yeah, it. Yeah, he's 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 been great on defense, and you know I mean he he he's the kind of guy where. You know, most games he'll shoot one for four from three points, but every once in a while he has those games where he's, you know, four for six, five for eight, mm-hmm. and 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 that might be enough, I guess. I, like I'm not ready to say that he's. I'll, I'll say this: he is certainly the biggest X factor in the entire NBA right now. Uh, because he's someone that if he gets hot, I don't think that anyone's beating the Lakers. But I just I don't trust him. I really don't trust him. But he's been he's been great in the bubble. I think I think that he's been giving his all defensively. And Kyle Kuzma, congratulations on almost being on the list of guys drafted after Lonzo Ball. Oh boy, he's he's he's, he's pretty close. Honestly, I think I think he's already on that list. I'm surprised we, he's he's in the he's in the he's in the waiting room still. Should we go through the list of guys drafted after Lonzo? I thought we were going to do, like, a special podcast on this, but I know you have the list right there, so, like... I do like, have the list right here. Like, like let's let's do it real quick. <laughs> okay, very quick. Guys drafted after Lonzo. Tatum, De'Aaron Fox, Jonathan Isaac. Oh, which, by the way, I feel awful for Jonathan Isaac. Yeah, me too, man. Poor guy. Yeah. All right. So, uh, Lori Markinen. Frank Nielakina on a different team. Oh, no, 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 no. Right. I'm not, I'm not. <laughs> You say it on a different day. On a different team. Like, different team. <laughs> okay. Uh, Zach Collins. Uh-huh. Luke Kennard. He averaged like 18 yes, games yes. this year. Yeah. Donovan, so Donovan Mitchell. No, there's no one else on Detroit that can score yeah. than him and Wood. Donovan Donovan Mitchell. Bam, Bam Adebayo. Uh, John Collins. Jared Allen. OJ Ananobi. Kyle Kuzma, I guess. Um... Derek White sometimes. Derek White, yeah, I actually think Derek White, yeah, I think Derek. Uh, I would rather have Derek White than Lonzo Ball. Uh, Thomas Bryant. Chris Boucher. Uh, sometimes Monte Morris. <laughs> Fuck yeah, Monte Morris. Don't, don't <laughs> let me get my Monte Morris back. Monte so, Morris has shown. Monte Morris has shown in this restart that he can be a starting point guard in in, in, the, in the NBA. <laughs> fuck with Monte Morris. He's been great. Uh, yeah, I just don't know if it's been enough games to officially put him over Lonzo. I mean, he's like he's been a really good rotation player for two years. So, so these are the these are Lonzo's uh, three games in the bubble. Two for thirteen, two for six, two for seven. In those games, he's also zero for four from three, two for four, two for seven. And uh, from the free throw line, he's shooting thirty percent. I just, I just, I don't, I, I still, I still don't see it with him. Yeah, I will say real quick, Will. He's also had nine any, turnovers in three games, yeah. Are the are the Pelicans on any of your topic lists? Because I could just throw off no. a few points about them right now. No, they're well, not. I was actually looking at the last Pelicans game. First of all, I wasn't sure if Zion had been working out more or, uh, I don't know, like uh, eating like Chick-fil-A during the, during the NBA hiatus. Just because I was like, damn, he looks big as shit. It's just, yeah. He's just got like a, like a, he's just like big assed. Oh yeah. He's, he's just like, yeah, he, no, no, he's, he's got a caboose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, 
It's not it's not quite Gershon Yabusele <laughs> level. He's getting caboose. <laughs> oh boy. Um but I was gonna say great I, I really like Lonzo. Oh my god, wait, sorry, 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 wait, really quick. They just showed a stat in this OKC Lakers game. OKC is two for seventeen from three and the Lakers are three of twenty two. Jesus Christ. Okay, sorry, continue. Oh, um I'm sure I'm 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 worried for Kyle Kuzma's stat line after his induction into the best better than Lonzo Ball thing. Um, but uh, but I was gonna say the thing with Lon the thing that stuck out to me about the Pelicans and this isn't like a knock on Lonzo like he's just like not needed on their offense right now like he's just like he's just not needed like Zion and Drew Holiday are just such good passers when when that team is moving it just doesn't. It's just, he's just like redundant out there. Like yeah. I just don't, I, mean, I just don't really see his purpose. Like Josh Hart has been, Josh Hart came into the NBA. His purpose was to shoot three pointers. He shot three pointers well his first year. His second year that trailed off. And yeah, Josh was, Hart, Josh Hart in his first year was on the list of guys drafted after Lonzo, but yeah, and he not was, anymore. Yeah, and that, he he was great last game for New Orleans. And New Orleans just on the, in that lineup, they just need to they just. They just they don't need to worry about a second ball handler. They kind of just need someone to like play decent defense and stand in the corner. Yeah, just like a slightly worse version of JJ, and they're really fine. Like they don't need they don't need what Lonzo does that much. So I I, I feel like it would make sense for New Orleans to explore trading him this off season. You know, I, it's, it's not yeah, I absolutely a hot agree. Take, but like, plus you know, I don't I don't know how much I'd pay him. What, is, he, is he a restricted free agent? No, next summer. But you can give him an extension this summer. Throw him to the the, uh, the Pelicans should throw him to the Knicks. They could get Nilakina. They could get um uh like uh, is Mo Harkless expiring now or? I think he's expiring. Have someone else who can like just kind of put their hands up on defense and make a few threes. No, but. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> oh, too bad. Um, too bad. Mitch Robinson is in, is in, uh, is in like f- uh, five inches shorter. But um, yeah. but yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's go let's go to the next topic. That was that was All a right. lot of Pelicans. All right. So that was uh that was that was my point number three. So this is number this is point number four. Of things I like. The level of aggressiveness in these games. Mm. The number one thing that I've noticed is how many more times right now you see guys going to save balls that are going out of bounds because there's no fans to crash into. There's no camera guys to crash into. And I'm enjoying that because the game is moving along a lot smoother because we don't have to keep waiting for breaks to take the ball out of bounds. Players are just like, if it's going out of bounds, they'll just like do a little, uh, like, you know, they're not afraid to jump over the sideline to save it. They're not going to crash into anything. And I've really enjoyed that. So I know that's a very stupid and small point, but it's something I've noticed and I, I thought it's worth mentioning. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you on that. And I think it is worth mentioning because especially looking at someone like, like someone I was just worried for his safety, like a parent or something like this, like this year, just watching job play. And also someone, I guess kind of like Colby White is kind of in that lane yep. too. Obviously he's not in the Absolutely. Side, but but just guys who just go flying in there and, and kind of like a, Westbrookian slash young Derek yeah. Rosian way, and it's just like, 
Yeah, Jaws, I worry. Like, like, like I love, like, like Jaws. Just like, like, be careful. Like, you're just going full speed. You're like six foot, one eighty, or that's probably a little small for Jaws. I don't know how tall he is, but something like that. Like, that's, like, that's, yeah. like, that's, that, that's just like kind of hazardous. Oh, I'm, t- I'm terrified for Jaws because I'm not sure he knows even how to land properly. Mm-hmm. And I worry that he's gonna have a bad injury. It's something well, we saw a lot, a lot with with Derrick Rose, but I will say one thing um, real quick. Speaking of John Morant and the Memphis Grizzlies, Jaron Jackson's the best player on that team, and he's proving it. He's proving it. Well, Jaron Jackson's now out for the rest of the year. What? You didn't see this? No. I believe he tore his ACL. Oh, shit. Um, let me see what it is. What the hell? Oh, meniscus tear. Even worse. Oh, damn it. He was great. Yeah, because he's been fantastic for them. Oh, man. That's, that's it. That's a huge blow to Memphis and honestly makes the, 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 the race for the I don't want to call it race. It's kind of like a I don't know, like a few rickshaws just like kind of yeah. jauntling around for the eighth seed in the in the West. It's kind of it's a bunch of like rickshaws racing and it's kind of just which one will not break together the work like which one will not break apart the worst. Sure. It's kind of <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a rickshaw race for the eighth seed. But right. that, that's that's a tough that's a man that that's that fucking pisses me off to hear shit. Yeah. All right. Next thing next thing I dislike. This is point number four. We gotta we're gonna go through this, these last few a little quicker. Um, the officiating. I've thought that I found I I think the the officiating has been pretty bad these first few games. They've been really inconsistent. Um, there was one play in the in the Bucks game where Giannis was called for an offensive foul and it would have been his sixth with two minutes left in the game in like a one point game and the refs literally reversed it so he wouldn't foul out. Wow. Um, that was uh, you know I mean everyone everyone knows like the refs are catered towards this like all stars and stuff but that was really like the most blatant example I've ever seen of that. That's horseshit. I mean, like, like literally like the ref that was right there called an offensive foul and the far ref was like, no, no, blocking. <laughs> wow. And, and, and yeah, and, and the yeah, it was it was it was a rough call. Um, but yeah, so I, I just I felt like the officiating hasn't been great. I, I feel like there's there have been a lot of uh, and a lot more than usual of like officials making a bad call and then compounding it with a technical foul when mm-hmm. when players argue, which is the worst when that happens. Mm-hmm. Facts. Um. But yeah, I haven't I haven't loved the uh, the officiating so far. I don't know if you've noticed the same thing. I, mean, I, don't, I don't have much to say on the officiating tip because I know you're better at like uh, obviously you're better at like finding the like looking at the you know uh, dis- not not discussing but dissecting that type of stuff <laughs> than than I am. But I mean, I was pissed at the end of the Celtics Blazers game when. Tice got called on a foul, and they fucked up the. Oh, they called a backcourt. Oh, like, that backcourt hey, was, was awful. Like, what the hell? This is these are these are two terrible calls in a in a row. Like, thank God yeah. the Celtics won that because they deserved to win it. That was that was bullshit. Yeah, that that backcourt was terrible. And and how was that play not reviewable? Like, uh-huh. how come Brad Stevens wasn't allowed to challenge that? Like, I, uh-huh. I don't I don't I don't understand like how they came up with the with the rules of what can be challenged and what can't. That seems like a pretty basic one. Uh huh. Um, anyway, yeah, the officiating hasn't hasn't been great. That was that was my fourth point. My last, my very last point, th- number five, things I like, the Denver Nuggets trade package for a star. Oh, what do I mean by that? Um, Bull Bull has been 
a very interesting player to watch. Uh-huh. Uh and Michael Porter Jr. in his last two games, who do you remember when? Do you remember uh, what, what we were what we said about Michael Porter Jr. when the uh, when the when they drafted him? Um, I don't know. It was probably a joke about like I I, I have no idea. <laughs> right. I I called it the pick of the draft. Oh, okay, okay. Because uh, because they they were they were a team that that felt okay waiting a year for waiting a year or more for him to come. You know, a lot of pe- people like clown the Knicks and stuff for not drafting him and that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. Which is which is which is fair, but a lot of these teams that are struggling and have high draft picks also don't have time their their general managers and their and their presidents of basketball operations don't have the time to wait a year for players. They need instant players right there. And that's they how also- you see Oh yeah, sorry, yeah, sorry. What were you oh, saying? Yeah. Because let, let's say, let's say, like th- they need they need to show, like, like because remember they're, they're just as much as the teams are trying to win. The the a lot of these people are trying to stay employed, and the best way to stay employed is to produce immediate results. So so for a team like the Knicks that draft uh, Kevin Knox over over Michael Porter Jr. Which, yeah, obviously it's not a great pick in retrospect, but I'll defend the fact that had they drafted Michael Porter Jr., it's could, could would their franchise under like would would all the, would the fan base with the ownership like would everyone be okay waiting that long for a player to come? But anyway, Michael Porter Jr., his last two games, 30 points, sorry, 37 points and 30 points. He mm-hmm. he's figuring it out. He's a very smooth player. He's got a very Kevin Durant-like jump shot. Bull Bull is, if he reaches his potential, is one of the most interesting what-the-hell-is-he kind of players in the league. Uh They have quietly put together maybe one of the best trade packages in the NBA if, if they choose to go that route in terms of like a Huh? They could put together a really interesting package for Bradley Beal, for instance. Uh-huh. Just something like that. And and I really do feel like Denver is one like shooting guard away kind of thing. Like Bradley Beal would be great for them, or someone like Drew Holiday. The Wizards need to take that shit if they get if they get. They're not getting both Bull Bull and MPJ now. I don't think so. No, no, I, I don't. I don't think Denver's so gonna keep one of them. <laughs> but 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 you know what I mean. They they have suddenly the most interesting yeah. package of of guys that can be put together for a star. I will. I'm not gonna. I will not comment on your Kevin Knox point. I know. I know everybody on the scores table knows <laughs> my opinion on on him very well. Um, <laughs> but I will comment on. I I do agree with with an aspect of what you were saying as far as MPJ. I well, agree well, that. Think about I, 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 I think with MPJ is that when you, if you remember back when he was drafted, there was a whole thing about him like his agent like refusing a physical and his back being like almost out and maybe it's still. Maybe maybe his back is still like kind of screwed. Like it's. I mean, yeah. That, that's a that's the that's the risk. I think that you can't take that your top ten pick is just like not just gonna yeah. be out for a year. Not just like a Ben Simmons like yearly hiatus. Like <laughs> yeah. Like like no, he no. may never play. Like there's. Oh yeah. No, there were there were legitimate concerns with that. Like <laughs> like really legitimate when, concerns. When Ben Simmons missed a year, there was no concerns of huh, is he gonna come back? Mm-hmm. It's it's and and. It, I think of Michael Porter Jr. very similar in the way that, like, think about, like, Brandon Roy when he was uh-huh. drafted. 
there yeah. were no one no one was questioning Michael Porter Jr.'s ability to play on a basketball court. There, there were there were there were no questions with that. The question with him was, can he be on a basketball court? And it's similar to Brandon Roy. When Brandon Roy was drafted, basically every team knew, OK, this dude is going to have about six years in the league. Like his body is a ticking time bomb. And and maybe if he's drafted today, it's different. But it's just it's one of those things. Mm-hmm. Um. So I, I don't I don't I don't really blame teams for passing on MPJ, but it is funny to clown teams anyway. Mm-hmm. Facts. Um. Anyway, sorry. Anything else you wanted to add on the Nuggets? Nah. What's your next observation? I'm interested All to right. know. This is this is this is my very last point. This is my dislike. I also have one more bonus like here if we if we have some time. But and I got some uh, rapid fire observations I can go through if we have time after that. Oh yeah, great. So so we'll we'll scrap my last point uh, for the like, but we'll get to my number five dislike. Oh cool. The Houston Rockets are a really bad three point shooting team. I mean, I I will say one thing about the Rockets. Uh, where is this? Uh, twenty two and twenty eight minutes for Catfish Jeff Green last night. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we um, knew this would come. We knew yeah. this was gonna happen. Oh yeah, they'll get, mean, it, Jeff, they'll get it in like another two weeks or so, you know. Yeah, I mean Jeff Jeff Green Jeff Green will single handedly win you a playoff game, <laughs> a single playoff game. <laughs> no, I, I look I look at Houston, and for some reason this didn't occur to me for a long time because they shoot so many threes that you assume they're a good three point shooting team. Uh huh. But then you but then you watch them, and especially right now without Eric Gordon being healthy. Like Robert Covington from three point is shooting thirty two percent. Daniel House is thirty seven. That's pretty good. Like yeah, Eric House Gordon, is very good. Eric Gordon's at at thirty two percent. Austin Rivers thirty six. Ben McLemore is incredibly hit or miss. Jeff Green is Jeff Green. Damari Carroll's at twenty eight percent. They just like if you look at their roster, and it's okay. They shoot a lot of threes, but they don't have a lot of snipers. And and when you and when you watch how teams guard the Rockets, especially uh, especially the game you mentioned the game that Jeff Green scored like 22 points. Who were they playing that game? Can you remind me? Because I watched that game and I can't remember. Oh, they were playing. Was it my? I I'm totally quick. drawing a blank right now. Let me um, look. I forget too. But who the, but the point is whatever team they were playing against, I Portland. can't believe I watched it. Port, oh, Portland. I was right. Um. Portland literally did not guard Jeff Green. The reason he was able to take so many shots is because Nurkic was guarding him, and Nurkic was basically just standing in the paint, being like, all right, if you beat us, you beat us. Yeah. And I wonder how many more. I mean, Russell Westbrook is basically the rocket center. Uh-huh. Like, he's the one that's taking the shots inside. He's the one grabbing a lot of rebounds. And I just, I, I don't. I don't know how it's going to hold up because, yeah, Jeff Green got hot that one game, but Jeff Green isn't going to be hot every game. And they were able to limit a lot of the interior presence of the Rockets because they were just like, all right, whatever, Jeff Green, so be it. You know what? I can I can sum up this. I can sum up for, – for anybody listening to the podcast who doesn't like listen like watch sports that much or know about the Rockets that much, I can sum this shit up for you in an analogy that will, will, will knock your socks off. The small ball oh, shit for the Rockets is like a fucking sex outfit. It's not new anymore. It was new when it happened. It's like a it's like it's like a nurse's outfit. Like for the first week, it's like, oh nice. 
spicy. And after that, it's like, ah, uh, whatever. This you is got, you got, you got some house. weird comparisons. It's just like that's just what it is. It's like <laughs> it's trying to spice it up. You're trying to like, you trying to, you trying to make it new. And that's just it's not new anymore. You need to if if this is if you're doing gimmicks like this, this is this is a fucking gimmick. Yeah. And it's 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 not new anymore. That's just how it's it's like it's like oh, mumble rap type shit. It's like low pump. Like low pump type shit is not new anymore. It's same boring crap that you know idiots listen to. You know it's yeah. it's like it's it's just, it's just dumb. Anyway, uh, d- done with done with Houston. That's that was a terrible topic. Anyway, no, we, anyway. we were great. Like fuck Houston. I just I'm just tired. Of, I just <laughs> hate watching Houston. Like I can only anyway. watch Houston condensed games. Yeah. So so those those are my five dislikes and dislikes. You said you have a few observations. Yeah, I got. What was your what was your sixth like? We can do that real quick. Oh yeah. I mean, we don't even have to talk about like really go into it. I just really like this OKC team. I really like watching them play. They're so much fun. Chris Paul is a fantastic mentor for SGA. Shea, Shea is just really good at basketball, too. I love Gallinari. Steven Adams is one of my favorite players. I feel bad for whoever has to play them in the first round of the playoffs. So they're a really good team. That was it. I'm really happy you brought them up real quick. Steven Adams, I saw him set, like, some great... I was watching the last OKC Condesk game. He set some, like, great screen on someone. Oh, yeah, he's a great screen oh, setter. Oh, man, what a great screener. He's, he's a great screener. Um, scores table, uh, for, for all you listeners, just I'm letting you know right now, we're getting a full podcast episode at the end of the season exclusively about screen setting and who my favorite ones are. Yes. And Steven Adams, Steven Adams will have maybe the third longest segment after Marcin Gortat and uh, – <laughs> <laughs> and and like Rudy Gobert or something. Also, you know someone with with absolute shit screens. Whiteside. Oh yeah. I was yeah. watching Whiteside screens at the Celtics game. It looked like he couldn't give a fuck. Well, Whiteside, <laughs> Whiteside, Whiteside doesn't want to really screen the guy because he more wants to just float back into the paint. Like he doesn't want you to get open. He wants him to be open. Let's get that block. Let me get that block. <laughs> Plus, he's got to set himself up to be the first back on defense to, to get a block. Exactly. Anyway, oh, one, and, one last thing about OKC. Yeah. Like, how, was, uh, how are you feeling about Abdel Dater unlocked? No comment. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what, let's, 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 let's hear your observations real quick. Right, quick observations. I'm doing this. We can do this even like a new segment. Rapid fire. Okay. All right, rapid fire observations. On the list of impressive things Corona has done, bringing zombie Mike Conley back from, uh, I don't know, uh, zombieism is pretty yeah, high up. He's, he's great. The Jazz miss Bogdanovich really much, and there's a lot of George's Niang. Like, way more George Niang than I'm comfortable. I with. love I love Royce O'Neal. I don't love 35 minutes of Royce O'Neal. <laughs> Facts. Okay, and I really uh, do like Royce O'Neal, though. Well, I saw on Instagram today, Devin Booker has now tied LeBron for most game-winning buzzer beaters in the last five years. Congrats! Win more than 35 games in the season. <laughs> I'm seeing I'm seeing some like like uh, articles talking about the Suns for the eighth seed, and there's just like Cam Johnson and campaign and Frank Kaminsky. Yeah, uh, I mean, just this last game. I mean, look, I feel bad for Devin Booker. He doesn't have the greatest team around him, but if he was actually that good, they should be winning more than like 31 games in a season. Valid. Like, okay. like until until he does that, he is Michael Ray Richardson. I will not be convinced otherwise. Clippers losing to uh losing to the Suns last night. Aberration, not an aberration. There's way too much Marcus Morris, Pat Patterson, and Reggie Jackson. That's correct. Um, way too much Marcus Morris. 
despite making a three in the scrimmage games or taking a three, Ben Simmons is the same player. He looks good, though. He's very quick. Looks And, and B looks sluggish, despite just absolutely teaching yeah. Jakob Pertl a class in post moves against the Spurs oh, yeah. the other day. And and, uh, and and hopefully and hopefully Ben Simmons is, is fine from his injury scare today. He had, he had a, he had a knee injury in today's game. Hopefully he's good. Um, Philadelphia yeah. still has no idea what their crunch time lineup is. They don't fucking know. No. No, absolutely Spurs, Spurs are getting more fun. They're getting more fun. I'm excited. No comment. DeRozan's on a little run. Uh, <laughs> my man, Jante Murray, not great last game, but you know what? They're giving minutes to him and Lonnie Walker. I'm happy. Uh, a lot of DeMar DeRozan. Miami observation. Bam is like prime Kenneth Fareed, just way better in every single area. Bam, um, Bam is the player that Giannis should be most scared of. Ooh, I like that. That's a, that's a fucking fact. Markel Fultz looks great off the bench. James Ennis is starting on an NBA team. Um, Not the problem. Uh, Aaron Gordon is on one of those. Oh yeah, Aaron Gordon runs, which will probably about him. end in like two weeks. Unfortunately, I, I hope Aaron Gordon, you know, gets you know more consistent. And Mo Bamba is getting DNPs when his team loses by like 15 points. Well, um, we we knew he was a bust before the draft anyway. <laughs> Uh, I'm liking this quick. I'm liking this quick section. I know, right? It's kind of good. Uh, I'm just Dallas, offering like one line of feedback for each of them. <laughs> yes. Let Trey. Reason I'm not an NBA coach. I think Trey Burke should take more shots on the Mavericks. Um, MKG is collecting DNPs. Uh, I've always liked Dillon Wright, and he's also collecting paychecks. I said I wrote I wrote in my notes. Corey Joseph guarding Luca is like watching a bullfighter die. Corey um, Joseph, Corey Joseph is getting paid like twelve million a year. Corey Joseph is getting paid so much money, and there's Dallas. Dallas is it's, it's like a lot of Justin Jackson, like a lot, like Justin Jackson, you know, kind of Paul Zipsery, you know. That's a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> Paul uh, Paul Paul Zipser had like fourteen points in back to back games. Against the Celtics in the playoffs, so he did. playoff Paul Zipser is a thing. Like we playoff, said, last week, so. playoff Paul Zipser is legit. Um, and I said, I told you this before the podcast. I'm gonna say it again. In a world where a lot of shit has changed, the Kings are exactly the fucking same. And Bielitsa needs, <laughs> needs to be on the All NBA Dad Bod team. Bielitsa is would probably be the sixth best player on the Celtics. Bielitsa should have been like. Like, Bielitsa fits this era, but, like, imagine Bielitsa in, like, shit, I got a call from someone. I don't know what the fuck that is. Um, <laughs> Bielitsa fits in, like, this era of the NBA, but imagine Bielitsa back in, like, the Hawks in, like, you know, the 60s. Like, yeah, fucking Bob Pettit, take that. Oh, man, Bob, 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 Bob Pettit would be legit today. That dude can shoot. <laughs> For more on Bob Pettit, check uh check the scores table Hall of Fame episode two, I think. <laughs> I like Bob Pettit. <laughs> also, wait, there's there's this like whole revisionist history now where people people think Wilt Chamberlain is better than Bill Russell, and I will have none of it. It's such horseshit. It's terrible. That's that's reprehensible. <laughs> have none of it. People for people like did people realize when they're like yeah like Bill Russell won more MVPs, but it's like you know like do MVPs even matter? Like back. And the players voted on MVPs. That's so all of, the players in the NBA said Bill Russell was better. That's the same shit in 30 years. People are going to think that they would rather have Dwight Howard on their team than Aaron Baines. Wait, hold on. Dwight Howard in his prime <laughs> or Dwight Howard today? <laughs> 
I'd take Aaron Baines over Dwight Howard in his prime. Oh, personally. Shit. <laughs> Fuck out of here. Man, I can't, Aaron, I, I Aaron can't... Baines in his prime can shoot 40% from three. You saw him from this year. Adam just airball the free throw. All right, did you have any more points? <laughs> no, I'm good. Okay, uh, one last thing. Very quick. Love the NBA putting uh, Black Lives Matter right in the middle of the court. Yes, sir. They've handled Love that the... fantastically. They've handled all of it fantastically. Love that. Um, yeah, that's uh, uh, any, anything else I have to say. Um, I, know, I think I'm good. Oh, yeah, oh. Good. Sorry, well, one last thing. One last thing. Um. The uh, the Chicago Bulls they're uh, they're they're apparently like shopping Zach Levine and the Nets and the Knicks are interested and Hornets. Uh, I just can I just say that I would do anything to watch Terry Rozier and Zach Levine share a backcourt I, or Kyrie I, Irving and Zach Levine share a backcourt. Are there are there are there honestly honestly think really hard are there two worse point guard fits to go along with Zach Levine than Kyrie Irving or Terry Rozier? I was gonna say Zach Levine and Kevin Knox, but that's that's not a point guard. Not a point guard. <laughs> I Zach, genuinely think that Zach those Levine might be and DSJ. <laughs> okay, that's a good one. <laughs> okay, so those are the three. Anyway. <laughs> Anyway, um, yeah, we're we're gonna wrap it up there. Thanks for listening to uh, to this week's episode. We hope you guys enjoyed. We're gonna I'm I'm ba- I'm back I'm back in New York now, so we're gonna be having semi regular episodes throughout the uh, throughout the bubble, and uh, and yeah, we'll uh, we'll update you guys next week. Fucking go! I'm so I'm so happy to be back. You know what I'm saying? Protest, donate, educate, do your thing out there. You gotta make change. Vote. Get register for your votes and shit. All that all that stuff. All that good stuff. You know, like, subscribe, share, tell your friends. Hey, man, appreciate you guys for listening, as always. For sure, for sure. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll see you guys next week. <laughs> see you.